I've been thinking about getting one of those flip signs they have for businesses with open, closed on either side. And when people come up to me and start speaking, just flipping it to closed and shaking my head. And if they keep trying to speak to me, point at the sign and like widen my eyes until hopefully they get the point. I'd even be flattered if I saw other people wearing the sign. I just... I don't like when people give up on trying to teach you or help you learn. Hey, why'd you cross the road? Are you calling me chicken? Who's there? Shitmickens? McShittens? Ikmarb? The pygmy man with fish children? Heroin alligators? Dracula spits out a fang and says, I love football! Transylvania! Abba Baba Tunde. Proverbial pretentiousness of Dawson's Creek. I don't want to be anti-semi-erotic with you, but I can tell by your semi-erect cock that you're kind of into this anti-semitism. I think we should tear up the Constitution and throw it on a pile of burning Bibles. I think we should all shut the fuck up until we figure out how to think, share that with one another, and cooperate. If you have low self-esteem, you're probably just stupid, ugly, and uninteresting. This is my crew. Pants Pockets, Rectangle, and Flipper. Oh yeah, and of course, MPS. Multipurpose Sclerosis. Does he have that shit? It's very serious. Nah, it's just a name. But that old nigga's shaky as fuck. I can't even have a happy dream. I had a dream about kittens, but three of the kittens from the litter were already in these little boxes dead, with their skeletons already exposed for some reason. That's the be Tickle Texted Weekly Rewind Recap. Hi guys, I hope that you're doing well or well enough or have had a little bit of whatever it was you might have wanted to have in your life this week. I just hope that you at least acknowledge these last few days before you went and made yourself a fat fuck, before you started face-fucking your fat, whole food, flavor-fitting, proteins, cramming, carbs, slurping, sugars, America. If you're into that sort of thing, maybe you don't care, or maybe you just wanted to sit at home, feel sad, and think you were never going to see your family or ever have a holiday again. Maybe you thought it was illegal to smile or dance. Or maybe you're the kind of sick, low-down garbage like me that goes and watches Dawson's Creek, and you do want to wait for your life to be over, but you don't want to wait for the show to be over, because in season three, you've started yelling at the TV because of all the stuff that you've started to see. I was feeling the first season. I was genuinely enjoying it. I liked what was happening. James Vanderbeek, he's good. He looks like he should be a dwarf. He's got the same head and like sizing proportions and shapes and stuff, but somehow he's like adult-sized person and not a dwarf, even though he looks like he probably should have been a dwarf. Or maybe he's just like a really tall person-sized dwarf or just a dwarf-headed person. Maybe just that part of him. It's not important. I liked the first season, though. And then the second season started to do what second seasons start to do. And then the third season really got proverbial. Proverbial. 
Are you wondering what that word means? Have you heard real people use that word in real daily life? Because in this show, apparently, all these 16-year-olds are just casually using the word proverbial in their regular everyday conversations. That pretentiousness paired with the predictability and all the other things that have started happening in this show have made me turn on myself and turn on what I like. I was already doing this thing where I had started watching people act. I had always just like given them the credit and immersed myself in the story because I knew that was the only way that I'd be able to enjoy it and I did like that was my medium that was how I spaced out and connected and put things together and developed who I was and everything was by watching TV. The escape, the imagination, the ideas, that was my shit. And I used to just indulge excessively, and to do that, I had to just be immersed in it and to just accept the images. But only recently, I finally just started really watching people act. I mean, I'd been impacted by better acting before. I knew I could feel better acting before, but... I never really paid that much attention to the acting. I was always much more interested in the ideas and what was developing myself as I watched things, but I've finally gotten to a point where I've started watching actors act. I really look at their eyes. I really consider what they're saying and how their emotions and expressions match that. Sometimes I'm just like, <laughs> look at this dude acting. But other times I'm really, I'm trying to feel what they're feeling. And I'm just like, this person is completely missing it. I can see them thinking about things. I can see them making the emotions happen before and without even really fully feeling them. Obviously, I'm already over the top with my observation and analysis with ideas and writing and stuff, but this show has really cast a light on writing. It's really shown me just how ugly careless writing such as this can get, how if it gets a little bit of pride in the wrong kind of places, or it just gets stale or something, I'm not sure what exactly happened, but I know that I hate the writing on such a level that I feel I know the type of person that writes this type of material and I hate them too, and I hate the ideology behind it, and whatever philosophy and experiences are behind that, even. Whoa, whoa, Albert, Albert, calm down, man, calm down. Yeah, you write pants pockets. Thanks, man, thanks. I can't put it all on Dawson, though. There was a time in my life when I didn't have the freedom to watch shows and that was the one thing I wanted to do most so that became my treat my reward my freedom and as I finally got into a lifestyle where I had more time for that I was indulging in more of that because I had missed out on it for years and then it just got to a point where that was my habit and what I was doing and I realized that I was attached if not addicted to this behavior and I wanted to kind of test that, to oversaturate it in hopes of it becoming unhealthy and, and it becoming to a point where it was just 
so much that I didn't want to do it anymore. And I finally have gotten to a point where I started doing that. I just have TV on in the background. I like when things get to this point, when something that was a large part of my life that I had a lot of like or love for no longer is. I was re-inspired by David Lynch, who I feel a strong connection to the type of thinking, or at least how he expresses the type of thinking that he does, and he does a lot of transcendental meditation, which I don't know if I've ever technically done, but the way that he talked about it and explained it, it sounded and felt very familiar and very similar to what I do on a very regular basis, and it led me to thinking about ideas and this authenticity and purity that I've been pursuing for several years now. I've sought and searched for it in its raw form in anything I encounter intuitively. I want it ingrained in my instinct so that I recognize it instantly, that I'm attracted to it, that it's out there as much as I'm trying to exist in that way on my own normally and naturally. I want to find whatever else may have that quality inherently, organically. But also I like to use Occam's razor to slice away things that have been built up, that have been expressed or interpreted in a way that they strayed from what was authentic and what was pure initially, and there have been these added layers or interpretations around it, and to be able to work backwards from that and find at its source whatever there was initially, the idea of it, the intention, in its raw form. I was focusing on this in the context that David Lynch would use it through film and what a powerful medium that is when it is done right, how many different opportunities you have to express things in that world of having visuals and sounds and time and perspective all mashed together as one. You lose out on that visual component when you're just listening to a podcast and Music has another appeal of its own, on its own, independently, as well as art and things like that. And I was thinking about how this world of ideas exists with each of those things, respectively. But then I also started to think about what was at the idea of these ideas and this idea world, and why I have such a strong attraction to that, why I feel the need to obsess about it and analyze it so endlessly, observing everything I can, and it's just wanting to be authentic and pure as much as possible to get to a point where I don't even have to think about it, how whatever it is that comes out, it comes out in a better, more natural way, and it accurately expresses whatever it needs to, and I think that's why we idolize and are attracted to whatever it is that we are. For me, it's art. That's been my connection, my foundation for most of my life, but it explains even why people are so drawn to sports, athletes, because they get to that point where they've manifested this authenticity, this purity, to just act and to have it be intuitive, to have the instinct that comes out 
immediately, instantly, to be the right thing, the right actions. With athletics, it's more about the physicality of it, but at its center, at its form, there's still that idea-based authenticity. The last two weeks have been building up to this because I haven't been getting to that point that I want it to be or I feel like it hits the same way as the idea did. The expression, the interpretation needs to be what the idea was and I feel like David Lynch is a fucking master of that. He gets his ideas and he figures out how to keep them as much of the idea as possible because the best part is the interpreting or the expressing of the idea, the inspiration, everything that comes from that initial intuitive punch. That's the best part. And you're going to have a better effect from that if you have more of just that idea, that inspiration, than if you give somebody else your already interpreted, already expressed form from that. You gotta give them the raw shit. That's the good shit. That's why my new crew is the goodest raw shit out there. More raw than motherfucking oysters like my boy Flipper. <laughs> yeah, that motherfucker speak dolphin. Yeah, and pants pockets, you know, he be having pants, he be having pockets, he be having pockets in his pants and pants in his pockets. There's pants and pockets all over the fucking place with that guy. There's never no ending to this pants pocketness. And don't even get me started on rectangle. That ain't no geometric motherfucker. Hell no. He got erectors. He wrecked his car. He's erect as I'm saying this shit right now. And he's always taking it too far. He's always too long. That's why he ain't no squares. Because he's so sad. Because he's long all the time. And he got even like longer days and shit. Everybody else be having 24 hour days. He got 25-hour days, 26-hour days. Sometimes I've seen him all wrecked and shit, wrecked angle, wrecked angel, whatever he want to be, he going to be it, and he going to be it for a long time. You know what I'm saying? I know, I know. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with, and I'm not trying to fuck with them. I'm not trying to make fun of them. I genuinely enjoyed listening to them, and they inspired me. They made me want to have my own clan, my own crew. I think it was a necessary balance to watching Dawson's Creek. Since outside bad now, I now get my vitamin D from TV. The only thing with sunscreen and burn if you sit too closely, please nourish me. My orange glow face, the sun you did replace. Yeah, it's a trip though when people just give up on you. I don't know if anyone else has had this experience where instead of saying something to you or possibly offering some advice or anything that could make you even just feel better, let alone be a better person. People just get silent, and you can just see it. You can see that they thought about what they would say to you, and then you can see whatever negative reason they stopped saying it to you as they just turn to their empty silence. I can't help imagine 
an old man with long, wiry gray hair from his head and from the line of his jaw and his loose, wrinkled skin stained with years of dust and sorrow. The slump of sadness, years accumulating, giving up empty, no longer with direction, blown to the wind, in the wind, as when the dust of time settling, stopping. Just us, justice sitting by a river, eating moths. Two fingers, equally dusty, reaching clasping, grasping gently, enough that it's still alive at the first crunch in the dustiness, not knowing neither the moth nor the old man's mouth which long dried up now begins to salivate ever so slowly just enough for juices to begin digestion and to lubricate the throat enough that the moth may go down. Just this justice, adjust this to the long-forgotten handle of a hammer and the ideas of creation and the way a baseball bat made from the same wood can swing just as fast, just as hard. And depending on what the activity is, playing the sport of baseball, building a house, or taking out a hole in someone's head, it can have an enormous effect especially when swung multiple times. The river ripples, and just thus are left without any justice, for the moth now ground to the point of not making sound other than the teeth, which are as empty and hollow, and almost as much a powder of dust as anything and everything else of the sad, stained man who, now swallowing, realizes that it's not going to make any of it go away, not his hunger, not his emptiness, that more dust will just travel down inside of him. Grab a bite to eat. Grab a bite to eat. Way of speak, lip to talk. Hear of sound, ear to whole. Grab a bite to eat? I was able to sit and admire a beautiful woman, to watch the way that she moved all the little intricate expressions of her eyebrows and the way the corners of her mouth pulled when she started to smile or say something that was funny or that made her happy if she was going to share it or if she was just sharing it and letting the corners of her mouth draw slightly, slowly. I admired this woman for almost 20 minutes. I was incredibly attracted to her. I was so drawn to not only how she looked and how she expressed all those little things, but what I assumed of her personality based on that and anything else I was able to observe and apply to what I wanted to imagine about her. Finally, fumbling with the fantasy, I decided to go over and say something. And unfortunately, in that moment, I turned to a cliché, an overused line. 
that it hurt. I could see that she already knew and was expecting the when I fell from heaven part of it and thought about answering that way, but remained silent as she looked at me, so for her sake, inspired, I decided to be original, and I asked, did it hurt spending your entire life being so fucking ugly, you cunt? Spit on the ground, pulled up my mask, and walked away angry. I keep coming back to this idea that being human is just defying nature. Even our own nature. That's the most human shit that we've ever done and will ever do, is just constantly and continually having to defy and replace what exists and occurs naturally with our own artificial rendition of it. We designed cameras from eyeballs, we created airplanes so that we could fly, we even replaced experience with knowledge. I love when people openly think, when they think so clear and logically that you're able to follow it, that you can think this, and the next thing to think what would make the most sense is this. You follow this to that, and that to this, and rather than get discombobulated, you get this combobulated and that combobulated, even though combobulation can't just stand alone by itself. There's another thing that I loved about cooking, was that everything I did was with that approach. It was with a new, fresh, optimistic, naive kind of eye, even... When I had years of experience, I would still encounter a new task with a thousand different approaches, at least mentally, to see, can I do this better? Does it make sense to do this this way? Why am I doing it this way? Can it be faster if I do it this way? If I make it faster, does it sacrifice quality? Just laying lines of logic, of reason, of good thinking for me to follow, to have clear paths in my mind, as well as if anybody else wants to learn to be able to follow that as well. But that's also what I love so much about David Lynch, is that he understands these lines, these minds, and how to create paths, and sometimes he will indulge that. He will let you go down the path that you think you're going down, and then he'll just throw a fucking wrench in it. And in disrupting that, he forces you to really be more thoughtful in your interpreting, in your analysis, in determining what this idea is, not in understanding his interpretation or his expression, but in giving you the raw, good idea that he initially had and was inspired by, and allowing you the opportunity to interpret it, because you're going to anyway. And an interpretation off of an interpretation is just like an echo chamber, an endless ugly repetition. But to have an authentic and pure idea 
It can be everything. 